are you experienced? Have you ever been experienced? with another episode oh see that peaked it again gotta turn that and 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 we're back (laughs) with another episode of the anarchist experience episode 452 aka year nine week 28 uh coming at you this week as always i am your host mr richie rich along with mc and ks and since this is your uh slightly late as we figured out this new mixer and amp and all this other garbage on my desk here uh this is your regularly scheduled saturday broadcast we like to get started somewhere around 3 p.m eastern time saturday afternoons uh on the old clubhouse so if you're on clubhouse find the club the club is the anarchist experience or you can at me at riches for rich r-i-c-h-e-s the number four r-i-c-h and i uh will hit the little invite button i didn't do it today because again messing with other stuff but i will normally hit the invite button to let you know when we're doing the live show um that being said what is going on with you guys this week um not a whole lot uh i mean a lot of stuff happened last week and and now uh i mean elon musk made a scene that was pretty funny yeah that was fun are you where you told the advertisers to go fuck themselves is that yeah (laughs) (laughs) well he didn't actually he's uh apologizing because he's realizing i mean from what i hear that um uh, x could could go bankrupt did he? I don't think he apologized, did he? Maybe he did. I haven't paid attention to the news in the last 24 hours. <laughs> I guess I, did, I listened to a different source. I guess it was NPR that said he said it was the dumbest thing that he ever said on, oh. on his Twitter. That oh, does not it? sound like Elon, but all right. He, sa- he said it was the dumbest thing he ever said? That's um, what I heard on NPR, oh, if you okay. can believe NPR, which I really don't. Oh, I mean, that's fine. It, it, was, it was really dumb. Um, was it, it, though? I mean, was it, it though? Just because it's truthful doesn't mean it's the right right way to say it. He could have okay. said it in a much more elegant way. He he, he could have said, "Hey, look, uh, you know, Disney is trying to blackmail me, and I don't appreciate that. I you know, I wish they would just go, go away or you know, not advertise, but but don't lie about it and don't don't say that it's because of uh, some some racist posts on Twitter because we we do our best to eliminate that. And there's probably more of that on you know." Uh, TikTok and and what's the other one? That's um, the big one. Facebook, TikTok, Instagram. There, yeah, Instagram, I guess. Yeah. Snapchat. And Snapchat, all of those. And so so he's you know, they they are doing a good job and this this whole campaign against Elon Musk is just against him. It has nothing to do with uh uh being good. And so what the the other part was more important. You, you know, he, he said that, you know, I'm tired of these people pretending to be good while doing evil and that's all they're doing is virtue signaling and and trying to uh uh punish uh x because their uh uh, stance on on free speech so okay so i I hear you and I, i he's he's made a career out of saying outlandish things and never really walking it back sure so 
do you really think like is Twitter going to go away or X is it going to go away? Because, no, I don't think so. All right. Would is he going to like raise the, you know, he, maybe he just raises the prices on on the users. Right? That's that's the advertising model and um in a lot of places advertising is disappearing from those platforms anyway, right? Like advertising in general is taking a hit starting with COVID. And so maybe they're just using, maybe they're scapegoating him as a way to like cut their advertising budget or move it to these other platforms. And Twitter is still like the place to be for most people. So if you don't want, you know, if you want to shoot yourself in the foot by not being on the biggest platform that people are on. Yeah. Right, that, how that far should have been that the go? real, the real message. Like yeah, you, you can cancel us. Uh, but so the reason why he had to point it out though was because there's a coordinated attack against him. So he's he's so uh, Media Matters and Disney are trying to get everybody else to to boycott X because of their their agenda, and that's that's the part that's wrong about it. Not not the part that oh well, they don't want to advertise on X. That's fine. Nobody cares. But but when you do it in a way where uh, you're you're lying about the reasons why why you're doing it, and trying to get everybody else to do it, then well, now he's got a, a bone to pick. So, so what do you think is the long-term um, results of his action? Do they, you know, does it blow over and then they they all come back to Twitter? Does does he actually, you know, will we find out that he well, really did apologize? Is he going to beg them to come back? You know, what's? I mean, lo long term, I think they'll come back as long as X has the eyeballs on it. You know, eventually people are just going to go, okay, well. This is the non-woke uh, communications platform, and and it has a lot of eyes. And you know, if if you want to sell something, then that's where you go. It's quite yeah. simple. Well, and Disney recently came out and said their whole woke agenda was misguided, mm -hmm. right? And they're kind of walking back on that. So maybe maybe taking a stand against X uh, for being anti-woke. Right is not the best idea when they're trying to recapture the non-woke market. Yeah, and I, and I don't know how coordinated the the return to being anti-woke is. Like they're they're probably still trying to figure it out. They they, you know, <laughs> they're gonna have to hire all new writers. And how do you do that when the CEOs don't know what good is anymore? <laughs> right. I don't know. Yeah, it's a good question. But again, you know, what is. Well, it's we'll just have to wait and see what's going to become of it because, again, he has a history of outlandish behavior, right? It's made him very popular. Yeah. Um, go ahead. Yeah, and I, th I think some of that is just due to his personality. Um, he he talks about having you know being on the spectrum, the autism spectrum, and and he is uh, probably. I mean, I I can't certify anybody, but he probably is a genius. He's capable of doing. Uh, a lot of things and uh and he's a hard worker so okay um it's you know I, I if somebody could control him they would say hey maybe don't go out there tonight you know <laughs> you got a lot going on you know people are well, pissing you off <laughs> that was but, that was supposed to be the sec right with the attorneys right yeah well that didn't work okay i mean he he, he told them to fuck off too not in those words <laughs> yeah, but he said I do not respect them at all. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, good for him on that one. I'm not. I'm generally not a fan of Elon within like the libertarian spectrum. Outside of that, as a marketing guy, you know, genius. Um, 
the the stuff with the SEC genius, but you know, getting government grants and funding to run his company is eh, a little less so. But yeah, you know, like I said, he's this is this is how it works, right? You got you take the good with the bad when it comes to you know that level of genius. Um, even you know on a, on a smaller scale, right? Like you know, depending on your work environment. There are some things that the good people get away with that the normies don't, right? You go like, well, you kind of have to let them, you know, walk around barefoot because he produces and that's a quirk, but we like his production. So we're going to, we're going to let that one slide, but you not producer over there, right? Put your shoes on. No one's, you know, everyone's tired of smelling your feet, right? So with Elon, you, you, you take the outbursts because of whatever good he's doing, within whatever company or community you're dealing with. And as an infrequent user of Twitter, uh, I don't like, I haven't noticed a difference. I don't really care about the ads that they feed me. I like, I'm rarely on this scroll. I'm rarely scrolling through social media to begin with. Uh, on all the platforms, like I've watched, I have watched TikTok videos. Rarely have I watched TikTok videos on TikTok. So the advert the advertiser boycott you know like doesn't affect me mm-hmm. so and i wonder you know I, I wonder how many users have become blind to sponsored ads anyway just because of how inundated we are with them right like do you do you use an ad blocker on your pc or anything like that no no okay do you see do you like do you notice ads when they pop up on websites um yes Okay. Especially on, I think Facebook does it the best. Okay. Um, Twitter, uh, there's a lot of them that are disguised kind of as posts. Yeah. Every once in a while I get tricked by one. The last one I got tricked by was just a website with, with doom scrolling ads. And then every, you know, every 10th ad after every 10 ads, then it shows the next part of the story. I was like, okay, that was terrible. And then I blocked the ad on twitter well you're doom scrolling on your phone though i'm talking like generally on a pc because i remember i remember early in the pc days like i had the ad blocker i had like you know i had like a grease monkey script that would block all the ads on a certain web page so i could just get the news Mm -hmm. and then that got tedious and i just learned how to not read the ads sure so i'm sure i'm sure subconsciously i see ads on websites but generally like when i'm on my pc like i am now um, I'm kind of glancing around the pages as you know, as we're reading the stories here, and I, I don't know if I see anything. You know, I don't know. If, if yeah, you any, train yourself to yeah. find only what you need, and it's the same thing with Google searches. You know, yeah. Google has gotten worse over time for searching, and you just kind of learn. Okay, the, the the first three things you got to skip over because yeah. it's probably <laughs> some bullshit sponsored so. ads. Yeah, one, yeah, one skip the, skip like, the sponsored ads. Go ahead, Case. I'd like to bring up for the, our discussion this week that was a topical thing for me was the death of Henry Kissinger. Okay. Yeah. And um, um, I have to say that it's it's interesting how the media, whenever somebody dies, they have to they they have to feel oh it was a notable person, so we have to find some good things and balance things to say about it. But I have to say that over time, I um, became more and more convinced that he was a monster of American politics, um, leading to, I mean, when, when they said, well, was he a great diplomat or was he, and no, um, 
and worthy of the Nobel Peace Prize, or was he a mass murderer? I would say, well, he he was more a mass murderer. I mean, he advised um, Nixon on a lot of strategies that were uh, pretty deadly. Yeah. Notably, in, in William Shawcross's book uh, Sideways, uh, Side Sideshow, uh, he talked about how more explosive devices were dropped on the little country of Cambodia than all of World War II in order to um, um, harass the Ho Chi Minh Trail. But in the process, all across the country, in which it destabilized uh, or ruined, brought down a, um, the government of uh, Sihanouk and Lanol and led to the Khmer Rouge, which was, uh, you know, the big outcome of that was a, a mass slaughter by communists, but I think it was enabled by this kind of strategy that they that Kissinger engineered there, plus other activities in East Timor. Um, I'd have to say probably um, um, things in in Iran. Um, oh, I mean, I, the, you could go on and on about the horrors that he brought about. I think he delayed the, the closing of World War. I mean, of the Vietnam War too, because. He was first an advisor for Johnson, and then uh, it's um, you know part of the part of the story about him is that he actually delayed it because he thought he could get a better arrangement under Nixon. So at any rate, I don't know what your thoughts are about Kissinger, but I I have horrendous feelings about him, and I feel that he did a lot of damage to the U.S. Uh, to the people of the U.S. I mean, I don't I don't know enough of the history, but. Working for the government is an automatic, you know, mark against in my book. And amongst the circles of people that I hang out with that know about Kissinger, um, it's mostly the same opinion as you, right? So I, I trust you, I trust them, uh, but probably almost definitely not a good person. And any good that he may have done, completely outshadowed by the bad. Mm. MC. Um, I second that, and he and he can share his podium with uh, uh, Obama, you know, Nobel Peace Prize winner. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, no. doesn't seem to take much to get that prize. Well, you have to be an active warmonger to get the prize. So no one, no one really devoted to peace uh, is going to win it. Mm. Do you think it devalues the other categories? Well, there are people who have been worthy of the Nobel Peace Prize. I. I for example, Muhammad Yunus, I thought he was um, a great one. And that little girl in, in Afghanistan that stood up for women's rights, uh, I think she got it. I mean, so occasionally they get it right, but um, a lot of yeah, times they just get it wrong. It's sour. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Of course, it ruins the the stature and, and credibility of the, of such a thing. That's what I'm saying, you know? Yeah. yeah. Like any anybody, anybody that won it after Obama... Uh, I would personally second guess, right? Because I don't, I don't pay enough. Like I said, just like Henry Kissinger, I don't pay enough attention to know, right? But the one thing I did pay attention to and know, they got wrong, and so for me, they lose a whole bunch of credibility in that aspect. Didn't the European Union get it after Obama? The next year after him, the whole e union? even the more whole so. Union. <laughs> yeah, just for being. Peaceful. The EU, yeah. <laughs> Not doing a World War III among themselves. Like, <laughs> Is that all it takes? Where's my prize? 
<laughs> if that's the if that's the, if not starting a war is the prize is the criteria to win a Nobel Prize, right? Well, then it just they, should they be everybody. They didn't kick NATO out, so why did they get the prize? <laughs> I remember there was a after Obama got his prize, uh, there was a gas station that advertised, "Hey, gasoline for two ninety uh, two ninety nine a gallon and um, a Nobel Peace Prize." <laughs> Yeah, it might as well, right? It might as well, yeah. Just pick it up at the little trinkets with your cheap sunglasses. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's a souvenir. Yeah. Didn't do any damage today. I don't know if I have a headline for this, um, but you're the economics guy, KS, so let's talk to you for a moment. Um, Joe Biden this week came out and basically told uh, all the big corporations that now that inflation is down, they had better start dropping their prices. And it was, oh, did he really? He also said, "My my 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 friend, my marine friend over here has the codes to blow up the world." What? <laughs> he he randomly walked up to this guy some, at a factory. These two people were were showing him around the factory, and and they bring him over to this other guy. He said, "Here, here's here's Keith or or Frank or whatever his name is." And he, he first thing he says is, "My my marine friend has codes to blow, blow up the world." <laughs> oh, I didn't I didn't even see that one. <laughs> oh my! It, 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 to, to be fair, it could be AI or something. I don't know, but it, it, <laughs> I, I'm gullible. But it sounds like something he would say. <laughs> yeah, it does. That's that, that's a whole separate topic, right? The, the troubling yeah. issue of of good AI. But he did. He did. I did see the clip of him threatening the corporations. So KS, is it is it on the corporations now to to lower their prices and stop gouging um, consumers? It reminds me, when I was in government, show how long ago it was, under the Gerald Ford administration, they had, I think, 13% inflation, and Gerald Ford started handing out these win buttons. I haven't got one of those win buttons. Whip inflation now, a win button. And he said, all of us, it's respons- we're responsible for lowering our prices now, you know, wages and prices and everything having nothing to do with the massive amount of money that they were printing in those days and still today. Um, yeah, Biden is just, well, trying to find a scapegoat. I mean, because the general population, probably even most politicians, don't understand where inflation comes from. And so they just uh, like to blame whoever's raising the prices. You know, yeah. they don't see why. A- another quick one about my boss, because he's also an idiot when it comes to these matters. Uh, and so I... I do my, I don't want to say I do my best. Every time he says something dumb, I correct him at this point because I just don't care. Uh, but he is he is uh, on record telling other employees and also sharing this opinion with me uh, that the reason companies are raising their prices is because workers are getting uh, raises. <laughs> Actually, that's that's sort of standard textbook fair uh, they call it um cost push inflation if the you know if the if, if the um labor demands a wage increase of course it's going to be a, that's what causes inflation of course it doesn't it means yes if you pay more for this price here but you have less money to spend then on something else the price of something else goes down only when the government creates more money can you bid up the prices of everything all simultaneously yeah but that's that's uh, not even understood in most economics textbooks. <laughs> well, that's the unf- and that's the other unfortunate thing, right? Because everyone, 
all the workers are like feeling the squeeze, right? So everyone's hinting at, hey, we need more money. And I, if he's using it as a tool to like suppress wages, fine. But I really think he's ignorant uh, of how things really work. So I did, I did my best to explain it to him. Um, and he's like, well, I guess I'll just have to go and research that. And he won't. I know he won't. Uh, because also in the past, he's told me that, you know, he has uh, spirited conversations with his roommate um, who disagrees with him on probably as many things as I do. And after they argue, his roommate will send him sources. Like, here's an article for you to read supporting my side. And he goes, I just don't read them. And I go, that makes sense. Why would you? Right. You don't want to change your position. So why would you read con contrarian, you know, articles? So I don't, I don't bother with the follow-up, but I just, I've taken to, you know, laughing at him first. Like he's really good in a very narrow, narrow pursuit, right? If you need advice on like how to telemarket or how to run a telemarketing office, you know, he's your guy. But anything outside of that, probably useless or generally useless, but a nice guy. So he skates by on that. I hope he's listening. I hope he found this podcast. Just so you know. But yeah, so Biden, you know, the the thing that Biden missed on his little prediction is much like everything else in the government, right? The the rate of inflation has gone down according to their metrics, but there is still inflation, right? So how are mm-hmm. companies going to lower prices and still be profitable uh, when their costs continue to rise, albeit at a slower rate? Well, taxes have to go down. <laughs> Well, that would be a pitch uh, from the companies. Cost cost reduction they never um, offer to themselves. The government solutions always, always offer ways to increase their power. It never, never is a solution that's proposed that decreases their power and influence. Do do you want to hear uh, Biden talk about the nuclear codes? Oh, yes. If you you have a clip, please. I found it. Hold on. Whoa. Um, This is Nick. Hey, Nick. This is... uh, Nick, oh, buddy. Now look, my my marine carries that. It has a code to blow up the world. That doesn't. This is not nuclear weapons, oh, is no. it? All right, okay. <laughs> Good <laughs> grief! <laughs> yeah. Well, alrighty. Thing to joke about, Jiminy. And uh, you know, he sounds so demented there. It seemed like almost <laughs> that. Well, let's try it. <laughs> Is he saying that the his like marine bodyguard holds the holds the codes? Like, is that yeah. what he's really claiming? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So any, anyone who's going after the codes, anyway. I mean, what kind of uh, covert activity is that? You know, that you announce it to everybody. You know, that's the guy. Maybe he's just trying to get that one marine shot. Maybe he's got a secret no, I, vendetta. He he's just bragging how powerful he is. Okay. Yeah, and he's okay. he's comparing it to something in the video. The other guy is holding something in his hand. I don't know what it is, and he's comparing it to whatever he's holding. He's like, oh, that one's not nuclear. Mine's nuclear. Oh, is he at a weapons manufacturer then? I don't. Uh, I don't. It's. It, I don't. I don't know what it is. Okay. It's a factory worker. Okay. Uh, I don't know what factory it is. I mean, I if you're having a dick measuring weapon. contest, you're like, you just whip out. I've got nuclear weapons codes, right? Okay, you. Yeah, win. that's his go-to. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We need not measure any further unless you're, you know, up against uh, Russia or China or Pakistan or whoever else has nukes. Oh, is a wind tower manufacturer. Okay. Even worse. 
<laughs> I don't, there, it was totally unprovoked. He just, it, you know, the guy didn't even have a, a time, a chance to say hi yet. Biden just yeah. walks up to him and says that. It's like, what? Why? <laughs> like, I'm not yeah. competing against you, dude. <laughs> unless, unless it's like wind power versus nuclear power or whatever, you know, makes no sense. Right. When he was talking about like the hairy legs in the pool, I remember, <laughs> I remember hearing that clip, and I went, "Well, let's give him the benefit of the doubt." I'm sure the press, doing what the press does, they took it out of context. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and and that was not true at all. Like they, no, they played me the full. I'm like, okay, he's just a dumbass. All right. Like Cor corn now corn I pop know. was a bad dude. <laughs> corn pop was a bad dude. I remember growing up as a kid with the cockroaches and kids like rubbing my hair on my legs and make the hair on my legs stand up and Corn Pop was a bad dude. Do you watch So apparently the 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 kid sniffing thing started after he had his brain surgery. Oh, I doubt that, but okay. I mean, it was a while ago, but that's, well, that's what they say. So Well, how long ago was the brain surgery then? I don't probably twenty years. I don't know. Okay, how old is his daughter? Because his daughter like wrote the memoirs and was accusing him of being handsy in the shower when he bathed oh. with her. So he may have gotten more overt with it after the brain surgery, right? Like his yeah, he he just can't control it in public now, right? right. That's, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like you know, yeah, I I think that's that's probably what it is. The the you know d doing it on on stage uh, uncontrollably that that's when he lost his inhibition, inability to control himself. Yeah. So what you're saying is Hunter got all this le uh, legitimately from his dad then, huh? His if it's yeah, it runs in the family. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you've played for us a clip uh, in the past, or at least sent one to me, MC, of an early interview with Joe Biden when he was running for, like, senator in Delaware, where he would, you know, he, he was, this was in the 70s, right? And he just, the interview was asking him, like, so how do things work in Washington? He goes like, well, you lobby me and you bring me money, and the more money you bring me, the more unlikely I am to vote your way. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, I saw that. It was very blunt, and and uh, I, I'm amazed at these sorts of things. Well, of course, it never came out about John McCain, too, when he was running for president. They completely ignored that he was one of the Keating Five that had taken massive campaign contributions in order to favor a you know, a, a bankrupt um, savings and loan in Arizona, make sure that they stayed open for $2 billion worth more of taxpayers' funds. So so the, the conspiracy theory now is that the next election is definitely going to be rigged. And who they're pushing right now, because I guess Biden is still running, um, is Nikki Haley. And so there's a lot of wealthy people donating to Nikki Haley's campaign, and she's like down on the dirt as far as uh, polls go. Okay. Uh, so why would smart, rich people be giving her a lot of money? And so the, the conspiracy theory is, is that they're going to rig the election somehow or, or find a way to get rid of Trump, and she's going to be the only one left uh, to run against Biden. So we'll have, uh, you know, uh, a neocon versus uh, Biden, and Biden can't win. So. Okay. Well, I mean, whoever you give the money to, if they win, they're gonna, they're, they are then in your pocket. Right. Oh, I mean, Nikki Haley's gladly in their pocket. She's she's jumping in their pocket. That's that's why they're <laughs> you know she's she's the you know uh, she's the neocon. That's of course she's the the number one pick, and she's happy to be there. I mean, if that's that's how politics works, man. Like you know, 
Joe Biden said it in the 70s and still got voted in then and made a career out of it now. Whoever pays me most gets my vote. And so if you're Nikki Haley, you just go like, whoever pays me more gets my policies. Right? I am at your well, the, beck and call. I mean, that, that's fine. But the, what I'm saying is the, the population of the U.S. doesn't like her. Like she's Yeah, no, she's, I, I've seen the polls. Yeah. She, so uh, after she tanked the debate, someone was like, oh, no, she's the front runner. I'm like, how is she the front runner? <laughs> yeah, exactly. On that's what, what I'm saying. On what planet is she the front runner? There, there's, some, there's some big... Uh, I don't know. That's why I, that's why I say the conspiracy theory is probably true because uh, the people that run the world are saying yeah. that she's the front runner. So, well, I think it's interesting that when they just say, "Oh, this person tanked at the debate," and all, or I mean, I remember years ago there was um, what was his name? Uh, yeah, I can't even remember his name. He was the front runner in the presidential race. Gary something. Gary. Um, and yeah, he he got up on stage and he was yelling a whole lot, and then no, that that was uh, Dean John oh, Dean. Dean. Not, okay, Gary. All and right. all he did was uh, yell out, "Hey, great! You know, we won! You know this this race." And then they said, "Oh, well, that was really unpresidential." And then he was gone. Um, uh, let's see, who was it? Um, um, the one who who had tears on the steps of the Manchester Union when it, when people attacked his wife, he made some tearful comments and so on. Well, that ruined his his chances. <laughs> I mean, who is it these guys that make make these judgments that suddenly determine whole races and whole candidacies? I, I think it's quite interesting how the, I mean, both up and down. Yeah, and that and that that's why uh, Trump should have never won because they they thought they'd be able to control the the public and. And I guess they were wrong. <laughs> they did the yeah, same that was, thing. With, that was an anomaly. With uh, Gary Johnson, he was asked on. He had a, uh, a part a, on sixty a, minutes and Aleppo his moment. About, yeah, his Aleppo <laughs> moment. Well, where where is Aleppo? You know, oh well, any candidate that doesn't know where Aleppo is, well, ninety nine percent of the population doesn't know where Aleppo is, and why should he know? <laughs> and then suddenly, well, oh, here's not a credible candidate, and all these commentary about that sort of thing. It's just a an instant opportunity to write somebody off or write somebody in i'm i'm curious about what yeah and that's, and that's what i'm saying that the the media establishment and well just the establishment in general already know who they want and so they just have to keep plugging away every every time they they find something that looks questionable they'll just say oh this is the reason this is the reason that's the reason yeah. and uh every, every time they did it to trump it didn't work but uh i'm whoever else they it do is, it to biden because he was their chosen one. Oh. <laughs> That's even worse. I mean, he, Why would he's you been around that? forever? You know, always the, the 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 solid mainstream guy that you could count on being in your pocket. You know. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. I don't. Of all the people you could have chosen. Exactly. <laughs> well, right. yeah. You would think that after all these years and all these people, there there's got to be at least some better choice. But they really probably don't want somebody who is independent who independently capable of of uh, not you know going along they want there. somebody just dumb enough to be able to press the nuclear button <laughs> but they could they, but they got someone who can barely read the teleprompter yeah but he can still press the button so. okay <laughs> i mean you got to like somewhere in somewhere in there say what you want like i'm not a big fan of barack obama obviously right but his eloquence was enough to capture most people yeah he was well spoken, stood there with dignity and grace, 
And for most people, that's all they want is somebody that they think, well, this guy doesn't embarrass me. Okay. And that's why they hate, that's why they hate Trump. They think he's an embarrassment. Well, disgusting. they're not wrong, but yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, that's, that's fine, but I mean, they don't, so they're not going to the next layer is like, is there any policy that this guy's, you know, good at? Like, yeah. No. <laughs> that's another thing that bugs me. You know, the, the, the one issue voters, well, he's bad on this. So I mean, li- immediately eliminating him. Whereas other guys bad on so many things. Uh, KS, I, I vaguely remember you wanted me to bring up two stories from last week, or at least one story from yeah, last week. I don't week. even remember what, what, I remember one of them on mine, the, the, the Pentagon losing track of how many trillions of dollars? Trillions of dollars. Like okay. Yeah. Let me scroll and find that. Unless you guys got more to say on anything else that happened during the week. Going once, going twice. All right. Oh, you found the button. You know, it's, <laughs> you know it's really going to throw me off. My applause button. I mean, the studio audience <laughs> is now on a completely separate area. Just mash um, them all. No, no, no. I can. I will. I will tell you this. What I do like about this one is it's a lot easier to scroll through all the other buttons. Like there's less uh, buttons on the face of it, but it's easier to to get through all of them. So. I just have to, you know, it used it used to be my favorite yellow button, and now it's like the orange button. So we'll we'll press that a little bit later. Uh, headline: Pentagon fails to account for over three trillion dollars for sixth year in a row. You mean that's uh, three trillion dollars each year? I believe so. Or we'll... it's a running tally, or something that seems to be adding up, and they haven't still haven't figured it out. They're working at it and still trying. Or is it every year they come across $3 trillion that you know, they're missing? Let's read the article and see if it yeah, clarifies. Okay, okay good. Uh, the Pentagon has failed its independent annual audit for the sixth year in a row, as the U.S. defense officials could not provide auditors with enough information to form a full accounting evaluation, according to the Defense Department's yearly financial report released on Thursday. Auditing the department's $3.8 trillion in assets and $4 trillion in liabilities, it's a massive undertaking, uh, Pentagon Comptroller Michael McCord said. Can you imagine if you mo- miss a decimal point on one of those things? <laughs> it's right here, you guys. <clears throat> the 2023 audit gave a disclaimer of opinion, which means the Pentagon could not provide auditors enough financial data to allow them to form an opinion. An unqualified or clean opinion is the highest possible rating, and a qualified own opinion is an acceptable rating. Both mean that the auditors were given enough information to make a complete judgment. <clears throat> In 2022, the Pentagon only managed to account for 39% of its $3.5 trillion in assets. With this failure, the Pentagon has kept its spot as the only U.S. government agency to have never passed a comprehensive audit. <laughs> Why am I laughing? I should be crying. It all because it's your money, and you and you're going to take it no matter what. So you have to laugh it off, otherwise you go insane. It also highlights the U.S. War Department's persistent lack of internal financial control, its poor budget estimations, and rampant overspending. I'm pause there real quick because again, you know, talking to the boss and hearing you know accounts from other uh, military personnel. They go like, well, when you're a soldier, you have to account for like every bullet you fired, 
right? Like <laughs> if you fire a bullet, you have to let your CO know, and they'll they'll mark it accounting so that when it goes back to the auditors, they they know well, how every bullet that, was spent. That bullet cost a thousand dollars. And you also have to understand where you are in the line of things. There, there's a, there's a chess piece called a pawn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But if they're if they're losing trillions, right? The, me, the thirty nine cents that you get for a you know a, a two twenty three round, right? Is hardly the well, one thing breaking the, the bank. The the missing bullets is also about accountability for what they're aiming and pointing the trigger at. So it's it's not the count the the cost of the bullet, but it's accountability <clears throat> accountability for when they pull the trigger. Okay, I'll accept that, but it's it's since in since context. Into, Go ahead, since we're, since we're interjecting, I can just comment that I I had a cousin. I have a cousin who was a, a DOD auditor, a Department of Defense auditor. And uh, I asked him, uh, you know, do you ever run across these things, the you know, $9,000 Allen wrench or the uh, $1,100 stool cap? And he says, oh, yeah, yeah, occasionally we run across this stuff. And I said, well, what do you do with it? And he said, well, we're, we're required to pass it on up to another level of scrutiny. I said, well, then what? What, what, what becomes of it? I don't know. We never we never hear again what, what becomes of those um, those super audits over the really crazy <laughs> expenditures. Yeah. I know my sister, uh, my sister has a state job somewhere in Hawaii. I forget where. I mean, she's, she's generally doing well for herself, but I can never approve of how she got there. Right. Um, but you know, she, she manages the budget, right. And already in her, I'm going to call it a short career there. And it's probably been like, you know, 10 years or more. Um, but early on, she learned that by the end of the year, uh, whatever you haven't spent, right, it's party time because you're not going to get it next year. So I forget what she said they did. They, you know, they, they bought a whole bunch of new equipment and just got rid of all the old stuff, just, you know, the, the old but still usable, valuable, you know, in decent condition stuff just to make sure that the budget was spent. <clears throat> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a common thing. I Well, when I was in... DC and the government years and years ago, um, there was that travel budget that everybody had, and and if there was money at the end of December, well then everybody had to travel in December to use it all up, or else it wouldn't be um, yep. renewed the following year. Nonsense. All right, back to the article. A clear example of this is the F thirty five program, which has gone over its original budget by one hundred sixty five billion dollars to build a plane tasked to perform many different tasks none of which it does well. The Pentagon is slated to buy more than 2,400 F-35s for the Air Force, Marines, and Navy. The estimated lifetime cost for procuring and operating these planes, $1.7 would make it the Pentagon's most expensive weapons project ever. A 2021 Pentagon assessment of the F-35 found 800 unresolved defects in the plane. There's also the plan to expand Washington's ship production as part of, uh, part of the Pentagon's obsession with preparing for a potential war with China. While the Pentagon estimates the average cost of the shipbuilding initiative to be $27 billion per year between 2023 and 2052, the Congressional Budget Office contends this, claiming that the average annual cost of the plan will be over $31 billion, meaning the Navy's underestimating costs by $120 billion. <clears throat> Furthermore, in 2019 alone, the Pentagon made $35 trillion in accounting adjustments, a figure larger than the entire U.S. economy. Uh, the <laughs> Pentagon, 
<laughs> and an adjustment means we change the numbers. Yeah. The Pentagon budget is not only gargantuan, but replete with wastes. From vast overcharges for spare parts and weapons that don't work to forever wars with far-reaching human and economic consequences. Uh, so there's your, you know, your $1,400 Allen wrench or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah. These shadowy practices, however, have boosted the profits of U.S. weapons makers like Lockheed Martin, Raytheon, uh, Boeing, and Northrop Grumman. With major gains made despite the challenges posed by inflation and supply chain issues caused by the coronavirus pandemic. Along these same lines, the U.S. government is expected to reach $1 trillion defense budget by 2027, if not before. The defense budget has expanded as a result of both the war in 2022 between Ukraine and Russia, which many analysts argue was sparked by Washington, and the recent outbreak of war in Gaza between Israel and Hamas, which Washington refuses to de-escalate. On October 20, U.S. President Joe Biden asked the U.S. Congress to provide $106 billion in supplemental funding for Israel, Ukraine, and the U.S. border. The request in Taiwan. Okay. Uh, the request includes $30 billion for the Department of Defense to help supply Ukraine with weapons and replenish U.S. stocks. There's also $14.4 billion to support military intelligence in Ukraine and $481 million to help assist Ukrainians arriving to the U.S. The request comes at a time where the U.S. deficit has skyrocketed, reaching over $33 trillion, both due to government spending and paying higher interest on debit. It says debit. I want to say debt. Uh, the Federal Reserve has aggressively raised interest rates in the past two years to fight inflation, resulting from stimulus during the COVID lockdowns in 2020 and 2021. Uh, end of the article. So it doesn't really What's answer it? your initial question, KS, but it sounds like um, it's totaling up over three years the way I read it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but and what's the source of that article? What's the uh, Zero Hedge? Oh, I think originally Zero Hedge, but this one is from Activist Post. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm not familiar with those sources at all. But, uh, Zero Hedge is pretty good. Is it? Yeah. And Activist Post is also pretty uh, is also pretty good, but they tend to like source from other places like Zero Hedge. So yeah, sourced from Zero Hedge, uh, but this is Activist Post. What is Zero Hedge? Uh, financial. Uh, website. Oh, okay. Yeah, if they're not, you know, if you're listening to NPR, you might as well read Zero Hedge. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? I mean, it's not. I don't want to. I don't want to say that they're parallel or co comparable, um, but I would, you know, personally, I would. I I don't source anything from NPR. Yeah, yeah. right, <laughs> so, right. Uh, but if you do, then you you also might as well see what Zero Hedge has to say on the financial side. Yeah, of things. Zero Hedge is is not as bad as like The Economist or. You know, they're they're not yeah. so they're not so political, but they are quick to point out uh, government uh, fraud and uh, or, or corporation fraud too. I'll also take this time um, now that we're talking about sources. You know what I haven't seen in a long time, and I don't even know if they've they've gone under or maybe they've converted to the activist post. Uh, the Free Thought Project. Have you like? I don't remember coming across anything from them in quite some time. Hmm. Good question. Yeah. I feel like at one time, you know, I, I had Activist Post articles, I had Free Thought Project articles, and now I, I can't remember the last time I saw a Free Thought Project headline at all. That's all online? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's no more Free Thought. I don't, I don't read physical newspapers, KS. If I well, can't I get it on we, a screen. We ought to just have, we ought to just 
ask AI to create the news for the week, you know, so that oh, we that's have. Oh, terrible. <laughs> you know, I thought of that. I, I don't know if I shared this with you. Um, so on Free Talk Live, it is, it is now known that, like, Ian is in jail, right? And there's, there's a push for people to send Ian letters, you know, just, hey, how you doing, bud? You know, just we're thinking about you type of thing from all over the country, all over the world. Anyone who listens to Free Talk Live is encouraged to send Ian letters. Well, I don't write all that much. And although I should send him a letter, I we barely talked about anything substantial. So I don't even know what to, like, put in the letter aside mm-hmm. from miss you, dude. Like, wish you were here kind of a thing. Um and then I, you know, I got the idea that, well, if everyone's sending him letters, it could be put together, you know, like a newspaper edition, right? And then mm-hmm. I will have AI generate the sports page with, <laughs> like, fake fake teams and fake scores, but have a running season, you know, on that. And also, it's like a, it's like a meta thing, because I also know Ian does not like sports ball. Right, so if he sees like the sports report, he'll immediately chuck it, right? And if he reads it, it won't matter because he knows nothing about sports anyway. So even reading the fake sports and the fake news, it's not like he's going to come out and like you know, oh man, did you did you hear about you know the the, the status versus the libertarians at the you know cricket match, you know whatever? Like it won't happen. So, so Sports Illustrated actually got caught using AI to make some of their articles. Okay, and. And the stupid thing about it is, like, they didn't they didn't read it before they posted it. <laughs> okay. <And> so, so <laughs> they have they so have one, no editor. AI is the editor as well. Yeah. <laughs> so, so one of the articles read something like, uh, it, it was about volleyball, and it was like, oh, and volleyball is a sport that's uh, quite hard to get into, especially if you don't have a ball. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, AI would write that because. It can't have a ball. (laughs) It's really hard for AI to get into volleyball because, well, it can't hit one. It can't have one. (laughs) So it's resentful and sad. (laughs) Yeah. So, oh, man. And and they had another one, too. But it's just it was really sad and stupid. And and it's hard to read. And I don't know. That's it. But it's also sad because so... The, the the writers that are you know paid at Sports Illustrated are too lazy to write now. Yeah, like they, <laughs> what the heck is that? Well, okay, like, I'll I'll give you an, I'll give you another one because I I came across this one a couple of weeks ago and I sent it to the captain uh, because the captain likes football and I'm one of the few libertarians that doesn't like harsh him for this shit. He's like, oh, you're in sports ball, huh? You're like you're not a real libertarian type of thing. Um, and I I'm a former football fan. So I see these things and I, 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 I can bond with him over this. But here's the headline I sent him. Uh, NFL reporter Teresha Thompson admits she used to make up fake sideline reports. <laughs> <laughs> and you well, get does into, anyone really pay attention to sideline reports as, anyway? As long as it's entertaining, I'm okay with it. But when it's talking about, well, can't play volleyball without a ball, I'm like, okay. Right, but well, well, coach, uh, how did how how did your team score that touchdown? Well, we worked really hard. 
Okay, well, yeah. <laughs> that's the thing. That's what she said. You know, it was kind of to that effect. Like sometimes they rush in, and I can't get a hold of them to get a real quote. But it's always the same. Our boys, you know, if they're losing, like our boys need to play hard on defense. We got to get recommitted at halftime and come out there strong in the third, right? <laughs> it's like the most generic yeah. thing you could ever yeah. say. And that's like that was her sideline reports when she couldn't reach the actual coach or, or a player. Right on. But like <laughs> fake news has permeated sports. And AI has permeated sports reporting. I, I was in the newspaper once uh, for my, my, my local garage band. And, uh, you know, the, the reporter asked me a couple questions and I answered. And, and when I saw the paper, it, it was basically what I said, but not exactly the words. And so I was like, oh, whatever. It sounds yeah. better this way. <laughs> well, I mean, that's I want to say that's almost OK if they don't put it in quotes. Right. If they oh, put it was it in, in quotes. quotes. Oh, okay. Well, it was bullshit. definitely in quotes. Yeah. <laughs> See, and and again, if it were me, knowing that, right, everything else that paper writes loses all credibility, because the one thing I can verify they got wrong, and I and, and I don't know, I don't know why that doesn't permeate more into society. Right. I mean, that's that's my whole story. Is well. I was in the Air Force when Iraq happened, and that was a complete lie. Why does anybody believe anything the media says or the government says? That's anything what I'm at all. Just like throw, if you hear it, immediately throw it in the garbage or find out what the lie is. Yeah. Well, finding out what the lie is is much harder and more complex. What I'm, you know, yeah, I that's have, why I say you could just throw it in the garbage too. Yeah. Well, also why I stay away from most mainstream media outlets. Not that not that I have a healthy trust for the sources that I do find. Um, but I got, you know, I'm not going to do my own independent journalism, so I got to get, I got to get content from somewhere. Um, but I've always, you know, I've always suggested, right? Like I, I want there to be a tax protest. That's like, that's my long-term overall goal. Like there has to be a tax protest. And what I suggested for over a decade now is whatever your one issue is, right? Use that as a reason to withhold your tax money. Right. Oh, you don't like spending on a war? Don't you know? Stop sending them your money. Oh, you don't you don't want to pay for uh, uh, you know energy projects for solar and wind? Right. Stop sending them your money. You don't like that uh, gay marriage isn't legal yet in your state? Right. Stop sending them your money. And if everyone stopped sending money, like on as far as like a one issue tax protest, no one would send in money. Right, they, they, it would be the end. Um, and similarly, when it when it comes to you know stuff like this, with 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 news articles, right? If there's one thing you know, like this is your area of expertise, and the news media got it wrong, right? Don't trust that news uh, that news outlet. And if everyone did that, right? Because everyone's got their own little niche area where they they can claim some sort of expertise in, right? The news media would be done. Because you couldn't trust them on anything. Because if they got it wrong on your issue, right, then they got it wrong on KS's issue. And they got it wrong on MC's issue. And they got it wrong on your issue. And they got it wrong on my issue. They get it wrong all the time. Um, and all you have to do is, like, be the expert in the area that they got it wrong once. right? And, and if they don't correct it, you know, later, like on, on page B12, right, oh, sorry, our front page article was wrong last week, right, then they're they should be done. They should, there should be some level of integrity. I'm going to say journalistic integrity, 
right? When you when you publish something that's news for the masses, uh, you ought to have it right. And when you get it wrong, you know, it destroys all credibility. <clears throat> so I listened to another podcast and, you know, uh, I'm not going to share the name of it here because it's not a great one or, I mean, it's a good podcast, but you ought not listen to it. Maybe, um, <laughs> I'll tell you off air if you're really interested. Um, and you know, the, the host of the show was like a big Tucker Carlson fan. Like, Oh, I love Tucker. Watch Tucker all night. Did you see Tucker's last, you know, uh, last <laughs> okay. monologue, you know? And he was like, Tucker, like I, I, I would make sure that I always got a chance to watch Tucker. Like no matter what I was doing that day, like Tucker, Tucker, Tucker. Right. And then Tucker interviewed someone where he had like firsthand knowledge of the, of the events at hand. Right. And he goes, and Tucker was lying directly to our faces. Like how he couldn't have been more wrong. And you know, he's lying because he says he doesn't have, uh, he didn't have intimate knowledge, but he was asking questions that only someone with intimate knowledge would ask. Right. And all of a sudden, like, you know, this one issue he has intimate knowledge of. Right. And he goes like, Tucker got it wrong, but did not like extend that beyond the scope of that one interview, right? Like, what about all the other times that you think Tucker got it right, but you were not an expert on, you didn't have intimate knowledge, and so you parroted that information as if you did, right? Like, he probably got it wrong then too, and you probably ought not listen to him. If you have, if they get it wrong when you're the expert, they're getting it wrong all the time. At least that is my general opinion, right? I'm, I'm sure they, they stumble into easy stuff where the, the facts are so undisputable um, that they can't help but get it right. But any, anything with nuance, right, they're wrong by default, right? Show, show me, show me the, the, the burden is on them to show me their sources, their facts, where they're getting their information from, right? I'm in a tough conundrum right now, you know, intellectually, um, because the, you know, the, the cop who choked out George Floyd got stabbed like 22 times in prison. <laughs> yeah. Right. And I'm generally fuck the police, like good for him. <laughs> fuck that guy. Right. Should he be in jail? Absolutely. Should he have gotten stabbed? Absolutely. Did he kill George Floyd? Um, I don't think so. <laughs> right. I did like, right. They show they sh the media showed like such a narrow scope of time on that interaction, uh, and I and and the the video that was released that showed like the full interaction, right? I can see his side from the perspective of like I'm a cop, right? Like I don't I don't think he necessarily did anything wrong, quote unquote wrong, as a cop in that interaction, right? And and so. To pin like the death on him was egregious, and he was convicted in the media before he was convicted in the court. Um, but fuck him anyway, because he's still a cop, right? If you don't want to be in that situation, don't be a cop. You know, don't be a cop anyway, but don't you know, don't do that. And so, generally, good for him. Um, but at the same time, anyone that goes like, "Well, he killed George Floyd," I go, "But did he really? Like, did he really? He was there when he died, but did he actually kill him?" Like, I don't, I don't think so. Uh, I don't think so either. Um, another thing happened. Uh, Ky Kyle Rittenhouse uh, released his book uh, detailing oh, good. His, his, his life and, uh, and the events that happened. All 18 in, years of his life. In, in his, uh, his self-defense. 
Um, and then he goes on Pierce Morgan, and of course, you know, Pierce is an anti-gun guy. Yeah, and so, a jackass generally. And I don't know why you would even go on his show. I mean, to pimp your I mean, book, man. I guess so. got to make the rounds. That's fine, but uh, I guess he, he he was probably prepared uh, with an answer. But um, yeah, Pierce was being extremely rude to him, asking him, "Oh, how does that make you feel to kill two people?" It's like, dude, sad that they <laughs> I was, I was sad that they chose myself. to attack me. Yeah. <laughs> So anyway, it, it was a, it was worth, it was an interview worth watching. And uh, how long is it? Because I, I, pro- I probably wouldn't watch it otherwise. But if oh, it's, it's just a couple minutes. Okay. of the highlights or All whatever. Right. Like you know, even even that one, right? Like yes, he's he's uh, he he killed in self defense. No problem there, right? And and hopefully this like changed his opinion uh, on that side of things. But prior to that. He was like a boot-licking little douchebag, right? (laughs) Well, he wanted to. He was like he wanted to be a cop. He was part of like the you know the little law enforcement officer you know program or whatever it was. Kids are kids are brought up to uh, believe that the cops are are the good guys. Yeah, I know. I get it. It's it's not surprising at all. I get it, but it all it I I don't I don't discriminate on age. Right, so okay. if, if something bad happens to one of those people, <laughs> right, I don't really care too much. Blame um, the parents, huh? <laughs> yeah. It, hey, if you don't, you know, it's it's on the other side of things. It's unfortunate, right, that you know, generally speaking, minorities have to inform their kids about how to interact with police to not die on their way home from wherever they happen to be, because that's a real thing, right? But if you don't inform your kids on how to interact with police right then they may not make it home and so it's kind of incumbent on you if you want your kids to make it home right to to notify them and explain to them and practice with them how that interaction ought to go right otherwise it ought it could go poorly uh and it's hard to blame the kids who knew better or who didn't know better right all right how much time we got uh, we could wrap it there. I mean, we can. If there's something more to say, you can say it. But we're good. Chaos, you good? Sounds good. Good. Yeah. All right, let's wrap it then. Uh, you guys know where to find us: anarchistexperience.com, on Telegram t.me/anarchistexperience or t.me/theanarchistexperience. And if you would like to contribute to this show financially, you can still do so through Patreon: patreon.com/theanarchistexperience. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll talk to y'all next week. Peace. Aloha. Oh, it's a different one. (laughs) Smaller crowd. Smaller Smaller crowd. I don't know if I like this one.